the first degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. The first degree. These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life. Hey guys, welcome to The First Degree, the true crime podcast that you might end up on. My name is Jack Vanek. I'm sitting across from Alexis Linkletter and next to Billy Jensen. We're here really late tonight because we're working on part two of The Nightmare on Hickory Street. If you guys haven't listened to part one, go don't listen. Start. Don't start that. You guys are not going to understand anything that's going on because this is out of control. And you also need to understand why we're all three now dead inside. Yeah. So this is why I'm dead inside, but somehow flustered and somehow so f-ing pissed off, disturbed, scared of my own friends, scared at parties. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. yeah. So anyways, scared of humanity in general. Yeah. yeah it's exactly. pretty disturbing. So yeah, go listen to part one nightmare on Hickory street. It was our last episode. And, um, are you going to give like kind of a little recap of where we're at now? Yes. So where we left off in part one is all four of our suspects were in custody And they continue to be interrogated. And as they remain in police custody, more and more information about the details that ensued after these senseless, callous murders continue to come to light. And the suspects have all confessed to the murders, but now some of them are revealing some even more deranged information. And I know the clip we played at the end of part one and the clip we played at the top of this episode has kind of foreshadowed what's to come and it is more disturbing than any of us could have anticipated now this is coming straight from the police report and it states that josh piled the two bodies together and placed this beige sheet across them so that his girlfriend Alyssa could lie together on top of them and josh told the police that he remembered that years back his girlfriend had told him that she wanted to have sex with a dead guy so he thought Based on the circumstances, while they were thinking of all these other things about how we get rid of the bodies or whatever, I can help fulfill this fantasy or at least part of this fantasy. So he said that Alyssa grinned um, when she asked, you know, do you want to have sex uh, on top of them? And she initially declined. And then later she admitted and she agreed to do it. So they got on top of them and they had sex. Well, I mean, one of the most, I mean, just the complete lack, just like further humiliating mm-hmm. and desecrating mm-hmm. victims that you've already stolen so much from. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit in the Luca Magnata episodes with what he did on video to Junlin's body, what Luca Magnata did afterwards. It's just like further humiliation, further objectification, just complete sick decision making <laughs> here and it just shows i mean killing people is just already it's the ultimate crime right and the lack of empathy is so overwhelming that this is just like some heinous shit that i can't even do we with a straight face do we know that this fantasy of necrophilia was true from Elisa? Did she ever admit to that? She did. Okay. She did. God. Mm-hmm. Like, And also, let's remember that she's 18 years old. So to be having these kind of fantasies years back, quote unquote, so you're in your 
early to mid teens having these kind of thoughts. I hadn't even kissed a boy until I was 16 years old. And those are the kind of thoughts that are going through some of these children's heads is unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't learn what necrophilia was till I was an adult. I barely knew what sex from was. Long Island, there was a rapper. His name was Necro. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I remember being like, "That's such a silly rap name." And then after high school, someone explained to me what that was, and I looked it up. But the idea that you would be attracted to that at such a young age and have fantasies—I didn't have sexual fantasies then. I didn't even know. My brain was not there. It's no, just, it's so, it's so interesting. But we don't work around kids or work around high school kids or kids this age. Let's see what Bethany's teacher has to say about this, Sarah, because we've still got her. Um, as our resource in getting some insight into this case. And she had something interesting to say. I've worked with students who have, like, you know, traumatic past. But, like, why would that lead to you doing something like that? You know, that's just very messed up (laughs) in your head. You definitely need uh, some counseling outside outside of school therapy for that the necrophilia fantasy and and whatnot like i I enjoy those and this is weird but i i like reading about like serial killers past um and and you do hear about um like jeffrey dahmer like he fantasized about that too when he was younger um i think the biggest thing really is it's not how young they are but the fact that like therapy and being different is taboo and so they won't get the help that they need because it might be frowned upon in their community um like if you're having those fantasies you need to go talk to somebody because that's that's not normal all right so sarah's not the only one with some insight and opinion on this entire thing with elisa having this fantasy and this intercourse that happened on top of these victims our mastermind josh who sat in jail rotting where he belongs also had some things to say and had an excuse for where this information came from and why it was said and he's got a whole backstory but again take this all with a grain of salt because clearly we can't believe anything he says when when they were doing the interrogation thing when i was in county i sent a kite to adam to say what what the what's going on and he sends a kite back to me he was like hey i was just trying to uh place crazy and everything i was telling them every extra shit that there was uh being crazy and everything and that's pretty much what it was is that dude dude went in there and like instantly thinking uh the crazier he is he'd be able to get off of something i don't know exactly how he was thinking but how is having sex on or with or whatever with a body even come to a guy's mind like that we we all were drunk yeah. uh, like we all were still drinking on a couple of beers and everything we had two 30 30 cases plus light and dark alcohol we we, we were trashed and we were up for like two three days straight of being trashed smoking weed doing some coke and when the guys came over we, we were drunk we were high the guys pissed us off with shit happened then when the interrogation when they interrogated us we were, we were way hung over we, we were withdrawn from like uh, cocaine and weed and I was withdrawn from other drugs and we're just being hung over you, you're all drowsy and you don't know what the hell's going on and shit I told them like three four different stories at first and then after everything they're like oh blah blah 
he says it was a robbery. He says you're having sex on the body. This that. I'm, I'm like, at first I'm like, what the? F-? Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. We 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 were doing it um, uh, on the side. We were doing it on the side. We were, uh, I was like, okay, we were doing this. We were doing that. I'm like, okay, are we done? <laughs> and then they were like, yeah, okay, thanks. And they kept giving me cigarettes. So I, I was just smoking up cigarette after cigarette after cigarette. Every time you know, I answer a question, they'll give me a cigarette. Yeah. So I was like, f*** it, give me a cigarette. Okay, so to recap what Josh is saying, he's claiming that Adam is saying that they wanted to have sex on top of these bodies to try to claim an insanity defense. Make him seem crazy. Yeah, to make him seem crazy. But then Elisa also admitted the same thing in a completely separate interrogation. Right, and Bethany knew about it. So obviously this is just something he's saying to try to backpedal out of doing this really sick disturbing thing right which he clearly did yes and it was rumored that adam joined in and it was this threesome it's just it's like a sick horror movie i can't even wrap Mm -hmm. my brain around this these interrogations are happening because they're all in custody and they're all being indicted for first degree murder and the charges against them for all these crimes stemming from what they've done to terrence and eric and they're all in custody and their 10 million dollar bails are set so they are not going anywhere the county's taking this really seriously. And this is, uh, it's laughable reading this right now. But one of the suspects had the audacity to complain about the jail's conditions. And guess who it was? It was Adam, the son of a police officer. Son of a police officer. So he filed this 15 count complaint about prison saying that the temperature is not to his liking. The menu doesn't have enough variety. And he complained about a lack of a barber service, which is surreal. What? <laughs> Get out of here. And that he said the items sold in the prison commissary are too expensive. He was also upset that there's no breakfast after 6.30. Wake up earlier, you piece of shit. And he said that lunch is too early and wants free shaving cream for inmates. Like... His entitlement is surreal. It's insane. Just to think that you can even... Like, that you're even worth filing this complaint is is unbelievable to me. And then Adam, dude, he, uh... His interrogation, it's like... They, they pretty much instantly was like, your mother's one of us. We got your back. Don't worry. And, and that's how it was. I, I seen his interrogation thing, and that's pretty much exactly what they said to him. was like, your mother's a JPD. Don't worry. We got your back. Just tell us everything. And, and he instantly like told him everything plus some. So the police obviously didn't care that his mom was one of them, and they were just using this to get him to open up, Mm -hmm. and it worked because he spilled his guts, and that's why we know what he's saying is true. Anyway, so that's a side note, but all this is happening while these kids are in custody. The DA's office is drafting their indictments and, you know, building their case against these suspects, and at some point within this process, a very questionable, controversial decision is made. And before I tell you what that is, I want to remind everyone of each suspect's admitted role in these crimes. Bethany invited the men over and essentially set them up to be ambushed and killed. Josh and Adam admitted to the physical killings of these two victims. Elisa was the person who lived at the house and also was involved in this entire planning process. 
All of them were involved in desecrating the corpses afterwards, concealing the homicides from numerous people. And Elisa, Josh, and Adam were involved in possible sexual activity on around the bodies. So this is everybody's admitted roles in this. So I wanted to set that up and give you a reminder before we reveal what you're about to hear next. So you see this a lot when you have multiple suspects of a single crime. They will often go for potentially the weakest suspect, the police will, and try to get a plea. So that suspect will testify against the other suspects. Mm -hmm. Happens all the time. Okay, so... The prosecutors decide to approach one of the suspects and offer them a plea deal. And the plea deal is in exchange for testimony against the others. And they approach, and usually what this happens is they, they approach the, what they think is the weak link. So they obviously thought the weak link or the least guilty or whatever, whatever is in their mindset of how they can get a conviction against the other three, they approach Elisa and they say, uh, you know, will you plea out to this, testify against your friends, and you'll get a deal. And this became a huge surprise to the other defendants, especially Bethany. And Bethany was actually seen crying when she learned of this deal. And Bethany's father, Bill McKee, he was completely shocked of this deal because his daughter had not been approached. They didn't go to Bethany about the plea deal at all. And by all accounts, you know, by many accounts, and, you know, you as the listener will have to decide that, Bethany might very well be the least culpable out of all of them. Mm-hmm. But they go to Alyssa and they say, we'll give you very little jail time compared to everybody else if you will testify against your friends. So she accepts the deal. And she pleads guilty to robbery and concealment of a homicide. And she's sentenced to 10 years. That's it, 10 years. Mm. <sighs> but, and, and here's the, the, another strange thing on top of everything else that's strange She's only required to testify in Bethany's trial. She agreed to testify against all three of them, but she's only she's only called to testify in Bethany's trial. What? Is, why? So this is the question. Everyone's confessed, completely confessed in videotape confessions. Yeah, doesn't this the, the, a plea deal usually happens when there's probably not enough evidence or absolutely. usually? Yeah, absolutely. Not only that, it's like. The mastermind was completely confessing the two men who had actually... He couldn't shut up. (laughs) Of course. And I want to be really clear. They all deserve to either be in jail, life without parole, or die, in my opinion. These people are terrible, terrible individuals. My issue is that she got a deal. Not that it's unfair for the others. The others deserve to be in jail. My issue is that she's not going to rot in jail. Yeah. Not that the others don't get out. They all deserve to be in there, but Lisa, she also does. deserves to be in there. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't understand the, the prosecutors doing this. Why, why would you think that they would only approach her without approaching Bethany whatsoever? 
I have no... Well, they're always going to choose one. They're going to go for one first. And if she says no, they would go for the other one. So it was either choose Alyssa or choose Bethany. But why wouldn't... It's just so weird. Why wouldn't they go for Bethany? Maybe she's just better... Maybe she's more charming. Maybe they just bought yeah. that. Yeah. She's not the one who called asking for help disposing of the bodies. Maybe she just is better. They saw, they saw something eyes. with her and said, we're going to go with this one, and this is going to be our best bet. Even though she did this deranged sexual thing and admitted to it, they still offered her this deal. So yeah. she's obviously got some rhetorical genius with individuals because like, you have to be pretty smart to be a prosecutor, so I don't understand... You're not dumb if you're mm-hmm. a district attorney or an assistant district attorney or even just a lawyer. You're not dumb. And they made this decision for a reason. We don't know what that is. But anyways, back to the story. So we're all outraged here at this deal. I can't even believe I've never heard of this and that more people weren't upset about it. But I can tell you who was super upset about it besides us. And Jack, who was that? It was the families of the victims. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, aren't prosecutors supposed to consult with families about these deals? No, not all. No. But isn't they don't that have the to? right thing to do? It seems like it, it would be the right thing to do, but no. What they're going in is saying, and we see this so often, it's a matter of whether the prosecutor believes, and it's based on a bunch of factors, they seem like they know uh, what their juries are going to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the situation is, and they're going to say, well, you know what? I might have an 80% chance of getting a conviction if I go for all four of them. I would have a 99% chance of conviction if I can go and get one of those four to flip. Well, you and they went with that. Of that is that they, they waived their right to jury trials, and they all had bench trials. Hmm. So what that means is that they opted not to have a jury decide their fate and just have a judge. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And they all decided to do that. And what do you think the reasoning was for Elisa only testifying in Bethany's trial and not the boys? Because they had the least on Bethany because she didn't do it physically. Right, right, right. So those guys were admitting. So they needed that they needed testimony. The, they needed the testimony to uh, to confirm that she conspired. Uh, what her intentions were, and just kind of, sh- they were together. They went downstairs. The signal, they needed to just confirm. But it also implicated herself directly. So, I don't know. This isn't justice to me, and Mm-mm. this is the problem I have with the justice system, where it's like these people are arbitrarily chosen. Yeah, and that's not fair. There should have been no deal in this case, honestly. No, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. So. Eric Glover's sister ended up organizing a rally at the courthouse to protest Elisa's plea deal. A ton of people showed up to support, but nothing changed because the plea deal train was already moving and it wasn't stopping as all the other trials approached. So if you're a super busy person and you don't have time to go to the gym, or maybe you just don't even want to go to the gym and work out in front of a bunch of different people, you need to check out the Aloe Moves app. I'm obsessed with this app. So it makes it easy to keep your wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place. There's yoga, there's Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, and so much more. So either you're a beginner or you're an advanced person, Aloe Moves has the flow or class that will fit your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending 
depending on what you're feeling that day. So even if you only have five minutes, you can just get some movement in. I used Aloe Moves all during the pandemic. It was amazing. Like I was on my yoga journey and I was obsessed with it. So you can find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quiet moments, even if you don't really want to get a workout on. And when it comes to sleep, it's just important as fitness and nutrition, and they've got you covered with Aloe Moves. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alamoves.com and use code FIRST for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code FIRST, A-L-O-M-O-V-E-S.com, code FIRST. Everybody loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. So it's going to take you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. I'm really feeling this because Lex and I both are really like into Gatsby stuff right now. So I am loving the vibe of this game. And you're going to step into the role as June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. It's perfect for all of the firsties out there. There's mystery, danger, and romance as you search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris. And you can customize your very own luxuries a state island. Think expansive gardens and beautiful buildings and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Okay, so listen, we are busy ladies over here on the first degree. And when I have a moment of free time, I don't want to spend it grocery shopping. I want to spend it rotting on the couch and watching reality TV. And that is why I love Thrive Market. So Thrive Market is a go-to for all of my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstop is such a huge time saver. So Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They actually restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So you can go on their website and use their filters to suit any of your lifestyle needs. If you're allergic to a certain ingredient, if you just don't want to have it in your life, that's why Thrive Market is so awesome. So whether you're looking for organic snacks for your kids or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. I love this so much because I don't want to read every ingredient when I go to the grocery store. It's so easy to do it online, honestly, when I'm rotting on the couch. So join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash first for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash first. Thrivemarket.com slash first. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. No prepping, no cooking, or cleanup needed. There's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Get started today and get after your goals. Plus, Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. For me, I was really struggling to get enough protein. I always do. But Factor's meals are protein-packed, and they're so good. And it's so easy when I'm slammed busy working in the middle of the day to just have lunch right there, not needing to do anything, except heat it up. 
Head to factormeals.com slash firstdegree50 and use code DEGREE50 to get 50% off. That's code DEGREE50 at factormeals.com slash firstdegree50 to get 50% off. Like I said, they all had bench trials. They waived their rights to jury trials, which just means the judge decides whether they're convicted, guilty or not, and they also determine the sentence. So then what happened to the other three? So they're all tried separately. Josh, Bethany, and Adam, they're each facing first-degree murder trials. Bethany went on trial and ended up being convicted of the first-degree murder of both men. And even though she didn't physically participate in the strangulation of the men, the state law requires an automatic mandatory life sentence when found guilty of two murders. Woof. Automatic life sentences for all of them. Now, was that because of the two murders or was that because there were special circumstances because of the robbery? I believe it's just capital murder. It's either um, life without parole or, you know, death penalty. Mm-hmm. I'd have to read up on Illinois's death penalty laws. I'm not familiar, so don't quote me on that. Mm. But apparently under the theory of accountability, which is what Bethany was convicted under. So... Prosecutors argue that she knew or should have known that the two men could be killed as part of the robbery, which she was the catalyst to because she's the one who invited Terrence over. Right. And he brought Eric. So she should have known that in developing this plan to rob these two men, there was a chance they could die and that she would be held responsible. This is a crazy, crazy sequence of events. Let's hear what our first degree connection, Sarah, has to say about the sentence of her former student and how it contrasts against Elisa's. I definitely think there's a flaw in, you know, especially how this case has proceeded. And, you know, I I haven't read too much into detail about, you know, exactly who was a part of what, but I know that Bethany, like you said, didn't or wasn't a part of the actual crime. Uh, or the actual um, killing. Um, so I definitely, I don't understand, you know, why she got life in jail without, you know, in terms of anything else. Um, she didn't even get, um, or that Alyssa was able to testify against her, um, and and Bethany didn't get that chance. I don't understand it, and I think it definitely needs to be revamped. Um It's just very confusing, and I don't understand. Like, if that's how the criminal justice system works, then that, yeah, definitely needs to to change. And and without understanding all the facts, I I don't understand how it it connected, where they would say, okay, she's fine, but you're not. They didn't. and, And if anything, Alyssa had more to do with, you know, what was happening. And like before... Sarah, Bethany's teacher, is not the only person with an opinion on this whole Bethany-Elisa deal situation. So let's hear the mastermind's opinion on all of this also. I I think Elisa got got a decent deal, but she should have been even a better deal because that shit was bogus. And the Bethany girl, I I really think that she she should have got a deal or or something like of just a robbery or conspiracy or something. She shouldn't have had to be charged with both bodies. That's straight bullshit. It was the guy's idea, technically. The, the guy kept calling and texting her. Like They kept bringing up the texts and stuff, my texts and her texts. They should have brought up the texts that the guy was calling her. They had nothing to do with nothing. 
But Bethany, she, the alluring was bullshit. The guy wanted her. The guy wanted to come over and hang out with her. The guy brought his friend, my girl. Well, my, my bust down, whatever you want to call her. So two guys, two girls. That's all they were thinking. And Bethany, she, she didn't know what was going on. She she went downstairs to go get cigarettes. They both went downstairs to go get cigarettes. How the hell are they going to know that my frustration, my my anger, upset at everything, and then I I, I took I took it against uh, myself to fight these guys. All right. So again, we can't believe a word this guy says because he's just trying to cover his own ass mm-hmm. and make it seem like none of this was planned. Because then trying to backpedal it makes it seem like it's second degree and not first degree. So you can't buy anything this guy says. Just uh, a reminder here, but. Most people were very pleased with Bethany's conviction and the convictions of the other three. Everyone was pissed about Elisa's. That's a given. But people were very relieved about Bethany's. And at Bethany's trial, the judge stated, quote, a review of the facts shows a stunning lack of respect for human life, as well as a stunning lack of concern for the consequences of taking two human lives. He also said that Bethany had... A lot of opportunities to back out of this plot, but instead talk with the defendant, with the co-defendants about getting rid of the bodies and then actually spent her share of the money that was stolen from the victims. So they're all sent to jail. Elisa started serving her 10-year sentence. Bethany, Josh, and Adam were starting to serve their life without parole sentences and maximum security prison. And if you guys are wondering how Elisa's doing in prison, we can't really tell you because she is already f***ing out. She was paroled in February of this year after only four years, and she is a free woman. It is... Whoa. Scary. Did she go back to Juliet? Do we know? So... Not only did she go back to Juliet, she went right back to that home on Hickory Street where this entire nightmare started. Wow. That's insane. Well, and the news of her release didn't land well with the neighbors that surrounded. Obviously, The neighbors were horrified, angry, and they knew word of her release uh, reached that town, you know, like a week before it happened and they mm-hmm. were interviewing neighbors. People were Outraged. Uh, yeah, I read a few articles about that. Outraged. But yeah, no, right. people were people were really terrified. It's like this girl has has issues. I mean, the f- the balls on that girl to go back to that house. And she didn't change her name or anything. She no. just went back there, went back to the actual house. And this house becomes and the story becomes this urban legend in this town. Uh, this, you know, the house becomes a landmark and mm-hmm. you see these houses and, you know, whenever you're going to pass by this house and obviously neighbors are thinking they're always going to be thinking of the, the lives of the victims, but they're also thinking about their properties and their property values. And, and people are driving by saying, hey, that's the house that two p- people were murdered and then somebody had sex over their dead bodies. Right, and we asked Sarah, Bethany's teacher, about this, too, because she lives in the area. So let's see what she knows and if she's visited the house herself. I think I, I, think I did drive by it once, um, or maybe I looked it up on Google Maps. It, it's, a, it's a pretty creepy. I mean, just knowing that 
what happened happened there is is creepy enough. Um, but I think it's a pretty rundown little area too. So she said that this street, Hickory Street, this is a little rundown area. Well, since this happened, they cannot sell homes in this area. I was just shocker. I was just looking. They were trying to sell the home across the street for $35,000. Oh my God. And they could not, they haven't, it's been on the market forever. And again, this place is only, you know, 20 miles, 30 miles outside of Chicago. It's not in like it's commuter distance yeah sure and it's like they can't get rid of this house for 30 i'll go buy it i'll go live there for 30 you should go check it out first and see what kind of vibe you feel when you're on that street but you know this didn't help the area no in in now this there's this whole kind of like legend of a nightmare on hickory street around there yeah and you get this you know the probably the most famous house when we're thinking of houses, is the Amityville Horror House. And you've got all that jazz about it being haunted in the book that was written. That's all crap. What really happened was is that a kid killed his entire family because he was a drug addict and he wanted to get the money from it. But when you go to that house, and I've gone to it before about 20 years ago and knocked on the door and got yelled at by the, by the owner... Because, you know, I was just trying to get a story and just trying to say, hey, can I go see your basement or whatever? Because I was working on a story for a newspaper, you know. And, yeah, you got this amazing house, which is right on the water. And you probably saved three hundred or four hundred thousand dollars off the purchase price because, you know, something horrible happened in there. When you have these houses in these neighborhoods, they 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 bring a pall over the neighborhood. And even in a house like the Sharon Tate house, which you can't even see from the street. But it's in such a a posh community, and the land is worth so much that they just tore it down. Mm-hmm. Well, because they didn't want spectators. No. People still go up there, but you can't see it anyway. Right. Yeah. So the house remains, uh, whether Elisa still lives there or not. I mean, she was released in just February of 2018. I can't imagine she's gotten her shit together in just a few months. <sighs> you know, if Do we know if she lives with her dad there? Yes. Oh, she does? Mm-hmm. It's her dad's house. Oh she got her to jail with no no prospects, I'm sure. <laughs> they're all real winners. So Wow. So obviously they're all in jail now. The others are serving life without parole sentences. And when we were doing our research, we were doing perusing as we do. Mm-hmm. We love to peruse. And we found Bethany on a prisoner pen pal website. So here's some highlights from her posted bio that Jack's gonna share with you. You know we love like a Fun fact. A prisoner, prisoner bio. bio. It's so good. It's All right. Good. From Bethany. I try to find different ways to improve myself. I've changed a lot, though I still have a long way to go. I'm huge on, quote, you have to give respect to get it. I don't like liars, phonies, bullies, wasteful people, hypocrites, and people who can't take constructive criticism. I like people who are open to new ideas and experiences, are intelligent, silly, sweet, not selfish, strong-willed, dominant, and humble. I like people that I can be myself around. I'm a very sentimental person. The little things mean a lot to me. Little things, not big things like human life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like murder. Really? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, the delusion. The complete hypocrisy. I don't like hypocrites. Okay, but uh, you're saying you have to give respect to get it. I don't like liars, phonies, bullies, wasteful people. 
You're all those things. of those things and worse. And I want to point out that when I was looking at some article about her and it was talking about her demeanor after being arrested and everything. And it said that she just had like no emotion and wasn't like remorseful about anything and nothing pissed her off really except for when her dad called the police on her. Like, that was the only thing she was pissed off about and upset about, about the whole entire thing that was going on. Well, okay, so I saw something in an article about that. So, you know, in the top of the episode, we were talking about how she was li- staying with Elisa. She blamed her dad for this entire thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, it, that's what it was. She's like, well, you're the one who kicked me out, so this is your fault. And her dad, I mean, has stood by her. I mean, there's a blog. Their family has like, a whole website about... to exonerate her. Yeah. But why, I'm not really sure, because... <laughs> I, I'm at a loss. I'm at a total loss. I think we're all at a loss. But that's the one. Pl- I mean, she sees that as I'm, I'm. I don't want to go psychoanalyzing this this woman, but she sees that as the betrayal, the betrayal of her father betraying her. Not only who Bethany cops thinks on that. Her. Yeah, yeah. But but it, it it's at the, the end ultimate of the day, betrayal. Two, how no, dare yeah, you? Exactly. At the end of the day, there's two people that you are very much responsible for not being alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, we didn't get into the, the nitty-gritty of each one of the perpetrators' backgrounds because I'm sure, sure, you know, when I talked to Sarah, she was like, well, they all have emotional disturbances. She worked at, like, a therapeutic school. But I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. this is... You could be the... You know... There's have, no excuse for anything right. that these so kids we didn't said. get out of that. We didn't get into that because, like, really, the people who should be focused on are the victims. And they all had big families. Eric had a fiancé. They had re- promising futures. They were lovely people by all accounts. And honestly, also, when I was doing the research, I always do this with every subject of all of our stories. I search on Facebook to see either if their Facebooks are still active, if there is a memorial page. And, of course, I, I found in this case... A memorial Facebook page for Terrence Rankins. And the last post was made on January 10th, 2017, and presumably by a family member who runs this page. And it reads, Today makes four years you were taken from us. This is still so very hard and surreal because you didn't deserve this. Neither did Eric. But I know you guys are watching over us. We always asked our parents to check under the bed for monsters. But our parents failed to mention that the true monsters live within us just never thought people would actually dig that deep to bring it out i hope those four continue to rot in jail and in hell damn yeah and then one of the four is actually out right now yeah god that is the that is gonna have to be the hardest thing for the victim's families to swallow that she is out of jail now so the loss of life in this case is the is the real travesty, but the miscarriage of justice, as far as Elisa goes, I'd say is the second. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think the other ones should be out sooner because of it, or I don't think any of them deserved a deal. She deserved the same as the others. And this shows a crack in our judicial system, undeniably. And it's also, it's just our judicial system, but we always say the judicial system as if it's one giant thing. It's 19,000 different, you know, uh, uh, law enforcement agencies. And this is just one 
DA's office saying this is going to be easier to do it like this. I disagree because I think as far as the power a district attorney has to make arbitrary decisions, as far as justice goes, is a power that all DA's offices are given. Whether okay, it be, I see sen- what you're whether it be right, sentencing, yeah. you can choose. We're going to go after a death penalty case in this one. It's high profile. We're going to choose this person to give a deal to. This person, we're going to plea out. We're going to either, you know, it was a mistrial. We're going we're gonna to try him again, or we're not. I mean, the arbitrary nature of a district attorney's office in determining people's lives. It'd be great. I, I see so many crimes that aren't solved because law enforcement agencies don't work together. This is another thing where we don't have a country being able to say, you know what? This is the law. You have leeway in order to to, um, identify it and interpret it the way you see fit. This was a very unique case. We covered it for a number of reasons. Obviously, we wanted to get into just the deprived mind that, you know, someone next to you may Mm -hmm. have. Elise is out there walking free so she could be a person you meet at a party mm-hmm. and it's just like this person was involved in this and she could be using a different name and there are thousands of elises out there i mean it's pretty terrifying because i mean we started this being like you don't know if a monster who is capable of xyz could be sitting next to you and there are monsters out there that have already done something like this that are walking free the majority of the population their instinct is to be trusting. Mm-hmm. I certainly am because if you are not a psychopath, you're not thinking like one. Right. And but they're they're out there and it's chilling. And um, you know, a big push for us to do this episode, despite the really horrific nature, is because Elisa's out. Yeah. And it's like she's not getting off scot free. At the very least, you guys are going to know that this happened and that she did this. Right. And I'm not a fan of the death penalty. I really do believe that people can rehabilitate themselves, even if they have to spend their entire life in jail, which many of them should and which many murderers should. They should be able to redeem themselves somehow or redeem themselves in terms of humanity somehow. And you just hope that this woman will do that in some way, shape or form. Mm. I wouldn't hold your breath on that Yeah, I know. I wouldn't either. I think the name of this case, Nightmare in Hickory Street, is definitely fitting for this case just because it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare for everybody that was involved. Um, The parents of the two boys who were killed, uh, the parents of all these kids that were involved, um, I mean, and obviously what they did was, was what happens in nightmares. It's disgusting, it's disturbing, and I honestly would hope to never dream or have a dream about this, but um, I definitely think that a nightmare on Hickory Street is fitting, and it can even turn into, it sounds like it's a movie almost, you know, how disgusting and disturbing it is. Um, and and then just, you know, obviously Alyssa with her fantasies too, it's yeah, it's it's definitely disturbing. I, I I haven't ever seen anything like it in a movie, um, and I hope not to because this is something that will always haunt my haunt my waking hours. On that note. I need to drink like a whole bottle of wine after this one. I don't know about you guys. Again, this case 
happened. Well, this case didn't happen. This episode happened because of a listener and she was our first degree connection. We're crowdsourcing this podcast. Please write in if you guys have a first degree connection to a murder or other than other stranger than fiction story. Hello at first the first degree podcast.com. My brain isn't working. The first degree podcast.com or write us on Instagram at the first degree at Alexis Linkletter at Billy Jensen at Jack Fanick. Please rate and review our podcast. Five stars only, nothing less. And I also want to say sometimes people put one star with a great compliment, and I think you're confused about the rating system. It's five stars good, one star bad. This isn't Converse. It's not just like one star. I'm telling you, that's what they do. They'll be like, amazing podcast. Why isn't it better rated? I'm like, because you gave it one star. Asshole. It's five is good, one is bad. Just in case you've never rated anything in your life before. (laughs) But anyways, keep your friends close. And not that close. It's perfect for this podcast episode. Right, Alexis? Yes. Over and out. <laughs> Sources for this episode include the Joliet Patch, the Chicago Tribune, and CBS News.